Right. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Be a Beacon podcast with your host, Les Henderson. That's me. And again, I'm here, you know, showcasing other people throughout our community that have been beacons in their own lives, as well as many others. And today, I'm honored and privileged to have two special guests today. They're great people, and they are doing wonderful work here in Prince George's County, Maryland, especially around the Black and LG, and especially the LGBTQ community in a primarily Black and Brown County. So I'm introducing Cassie Morris and Crystal Oriata today, where they are the co-founders of the LGBTQ Dignity Project formed here in Prince George's County, Maryland. How are y'all today? We're good, thank you for having us. Thank oh, you for having us. Of course, of course, thank you. You know, when I, when someone told me that there was a group, uh, LGBT group organization formed here in the county, I was thrilled and they said, you must connect with the Dignity Project. And I immediately like was like, give me all their information. Do they have a Facebook? <laughs> I was so excited. I've been here now. This made this month, May made eight years, and oh, wow. you know, and it's like it, you saw the, you know, so it's like you've seen the need for it, and you know, they've always said, oh, we'll just go to D.C. for everything, but it's like no, we're black, we're LGBTQ, we're proud, and we mm -hmm. need to do something about the disparities that have been happening here, not only to. Uh, you know, the black community with everything happening right now, but especially when you add on, you know, us being queer people as well. So I wanted to, you know, just get more of a background on you guys, you know, like, you know, kind of how everything got started for you leading up to forming the Dignity Project. Yeah, so we've been married for, um, what is it, like six, six years. years now? I was gonna say nine, because we've been together nine years. So I always have to think about it. Um, but, you know, we met down south where I'm from. This is Crystal, I'm from Texas. And one of the reasons we even decided to move here to Prince George's County and move up north is when we thought about having kids and what that would look like and the kind of discrimination we would face down south um, being, you know, openly gay. And at the time that we got married, marriage wasn't legal yet. And we decided, okay, we're going to move here. And I had went to school in DC and I knew about Prince George's County. I'd lived there before. I said, this will be an awesome opportunity. But then when I got here, the reality of the situation was different than what I expected. Even though, like you mentioned, Prince George's County is predominantly black and brown. But as most of us know, there's this, um, homophobia that that yes. is so latent in the black community and so even though yes i shed that racist barrier that i felt being from texas where everyone saw me as being black just to put on another code of oppression um about the community of being gay and so that's something that me and my wife noticed um we noticed a lot actually when i ran for office here in prince George's county and the way people brought up me not having the right values um, mm -hmm. which is just code words for gay. And we wanted to do something that allowed to uplift the beauty of our community. We kept on getting together for visuals and because someone had passed away or benefits that's only focusing on HIVs and AIDS awareness, but there's so many more layers to the gay community and the black gay community. And we wanted to create something that allowed us to shine a light on that. 
And I don't know if my wife wants to, like, cut in, because I say a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So my story is similar, but a little bit different from Crystal's. Um, This is Cassie Morris. Um, So I grew up in Jamaica. And um, when I was 15, I came out as being a lesbian there to my family. I knew all along that I was feeling something different, but growing up in a country like Jamaica where, you know, homophobia is, 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 um, is, is, you know, when I talk about this, it makes me emotional. Homophobia there is praise. You know, you're homophobic and it's good. So, you know, when I came out to my family, I was sent to, at the time, I didn't know that it was conversion therapy but I had to go to my pastor every evening so they can pray away the demon that's making me like women. So it it didn't really have a name because, you know, we are a developing country. So things, you know, it was just like, oh, you got to go to the pastor after you get out of school, you know, when all my friends would be doing other stuff. I have to be at the church getting prayers so I cannot be here. So once I turned 17, I moved out. Because in Jamaica, you finish high school at 16 and you're pretty much an adult, so you can do whatever you want. So I moved out as soon as I could afford to move out because uh, it was hard going through these conversion therapy, what they're called now. But then it's just pray away the demon, you know. Yeah. And um, so, with that being said, um, when I was in my early 20s, I moved to the United States. I first lived in Minnesota. I didn't really have a project because I wasn't um, working there and stuff like that. But then when I moved to Texas, that's when I met my wife when I moved to Texas. And I might she mentioned we got married there. But what I didn't understand that I would face in America is homophobia. Because coming from Jamaica, I thought it would be, you know, I thought it would be, you know, I could be myself. I could be op- an open lesbian and nobody would care. So we decided we moved to preach. And then when I came here, my wife from the office, I saw the homophobia here. And then with the death of the two transgender women in Fairmont Heights, not yes. too right in our backyard, and to see that Prince George's County didn't really take a massive step to protect the LGBTQ community. And um, that pushed us more to do something, even though we're always active in the community, but it pushed us even more to start this organization to provide a space where people feel free, can express themselves and see the beauty of the LGBTQ community, especially the African-American LGBTQ community. Wow, that is amazing. You're like, well, gosh, I was leaving there thinking, how old were you again when you moved to here in the States? Right. Um, I was 23 when I moved to the U.S. Okay, and I get you can give if you can, Cassie. Also, if you can give um, listeners kind of a background, because we hear so many horror stories about you know about especially Jamaica and you know and being and being LGBTQ. Um, how and was it so it really sounds like it was really as bad as you know as the stories that we've heard sometimes you know we hear certain things you know in the media or from others so uh that you were like well it was a so you thought it was going to be a sigh of relief have you found the states to be as violent or as 
as challenging? I know you've definitely said you felt, you know, it's been challenging here, but what, how would you compare the two countries as far as, you know, living as an out, as an out individual? Well, um, living as an out individual in Jamaica is harder than living as an out individual here. But it as a matter of fact, it depends where in the United States you are, because you can mm -hmm. still be killed in the United States yeah. for being, you know, LGBTQ. It is sad that last week we had a ruling, and that all the Supreme Court justice was not on board to say that as LGBTQ individual we have the right to to work free without being discriminated against. But with that being said, it's better here. But because you know, in Jamaica, I I have a friend that was raped because she was a lesbian, and um, it's a thing where Jamaican men will tell women they're going to have sex with them and make them straight. Mm -hmm. They're just walking on you, hey, I'm going to, until you become straight. I've been told that several times. And I, I want to say this, but I think, you know, in smaller countries, um, it's like a state compared to the U.S., right? Mm -hmm. and so this idea that, you know, people want to say, for some countries like Jamaica, it's more homophobic. No, that's just like going to Mississippi or Alabama. Right. Um, it's So right. we do have that same um, experiences here where there's so many people in America that have been raped to be straight or have been beaten. Um, just a few days ago at a Black Lives Matter rally, a trans woman was beaten. And so I think a lot of Americans want to say how good it is here, but the reality is not the same depending upon where you live in this country. Um, because there's so many places I would be afraid to spend the night because of the color of my skin, or I'd be afraid to hold my wife's hand because of my sexual orientation. Yeah, that, that, I, I would agree with that. You know, I would definitely agree. You know, it's just that the difference here is at least there is although in Jamaica it's gotten better over the years but if you go and look on some of the videos like for example there's one called Gully Queen that's on YouTube and to show that um, mostly gay men they're living under the bridge and they're living under the bridge not because they're not intelligent not because you're not from good family, not because you're not educated, but because society do not want to accept them. Mm -hmm. So these men, most of these men um, at night, they are cross dressers and they're men from the uptown areas or rich areas that come downtown, pick them up, have sex with them, and then drop them back off. And then still would be some of those people, the policemen treat them, the politician doesn't do anything about it. Some of them being killed. There was a gay man in a, in a parish called Clarendon that was beaten to death in front of the police and they didn't do anything and no one was prosecuted and the police officer was not fired or nothing was nothing happened to him and this happened like three years ago. Right and I personally remember here I remember uh, reading about that story that um, that was definitely really, you know, really something. And, you know, to see a lot of these intersections, you know, and we're still going through them today in 2020. In fact, right now, you know, this has very, you know, been a heightened time. And something else I wanted to ask you about, because both of you ladies have been so active, you know, not only just for, you know, Black gay, gay rights and, you know, and, and LGBTQ advocacy, but you've also been heavily involved with, you know, with just 
overall black advocacy throughout the county. Now, I don't know if you guys can really answer this because of course it's all of our fight, but have you, but some people, especially in the black queer community feels a little conflicted because it's like, okay, you know, we're supposed to be out here for, you know, these black, these cis black men and women being killed, but are these people going to be here for us, you know, mm -hmm. even through our intersections? How have you, how have you guys, maybe if, if that has ever crossed your mind, how has that played a role, if it has at all, into your work and as you work with various community groups, you know, throughout the region? Yeah, I think that is a huge part of how we show up in two ways. One, um, it's big for us to show up in that space because there is this idea of like this gay agenda, like that once you're gay, we have our own separate agenda and we're so monolithic and we're not, we have, there's so many layers of us as human beings and we're, I'm black first, I always say, because before you know anything else about me, when you see me, you know I'm a black woman, right? You, you don't know mm -hmm. anything else. And so um, I don't have the luxury of shedding that and, and just being representing LGBTQ issues. And if we want to be honest, the LGBTQ movement is very racist. It's very centered yeah. around white cis men. So it's not like that movement is any more progressive. Um, so it's important, one, for us to show up because I feel like that's how you also bridge the gap in the Black community. That the fact that this movement here in Prince George's County, the most wealthy and affluent black county the movement right now around black lives matter and what happened with george floyd um the lgbtq organization is at the center of it with other organizations but if you looked at like the top five organizations that are in this movement right now one of them is led by openly black gay women and i think right. that is what helps to bridge that narrative that there's just some separate agenda when we all are black and that's why it's all black lives matter because we're all into this fight together. Um, and so I say to those people that, um, want to, or feel conflicted don't because the enemy thrives on our conflict of working together. They thrive on when we feel, um, pinned against each other when we're all like, when the people oppressed can't unite, the, or there's only one person that's victorious in that. And it's the person that has yeah, our knee so. on our neck. Um, mm -hmm. And it's, they've been having it for longer than eight minutes and 46 seconds, over 400 years, if you look at even what happened with Native Americans. And so when, we, when we're in this fight, though we're having a conversation right now about the Black state of, of, of being Black in America, this fight is bigger than even being black. This is for all black and brown people. This is for black people that are cis, trans, gay, straight. Um, it has the label of black because we're uplifting our individual fight, but it only works if we're all working together. That's why I tell people they want us to infight with each other. They want to say, oh, black people don't care about Hispanic people. Hispanic people don't care about black. Black don't care about foreign black. Because African mm -hmm. versus like Jamaican is different than being African American. So you guys right. should hate each other. If you're black and straight, no, you can't like black gay people. And, and, and it's all a game. And they win every time we're conflicted about working together. Um, I, well said, um, Crystal. And I also want to add on to that as well. 
we are, and as Crystal said, we're there for everyone. We, because we, represent the LGBTQ organization is one of the sponsor of these events. And uh, one of the things that we make sure at these events, we are recognizing the LGBTQ people that have been victim of mm -hmm. violence in Prince George's County and around America. We have Tony McDade on our flyer because her because his yes. name is not supposed to go unseen. Because with all the movement and and it's you know it's true some of it where sometimes the black activists sometimes are very militant and they're not very friendly to the LGBTQ community and that's this that's the the um the stereotype that we want to break because as Crystal mentioned we're all black. And at the end of the day, they see your color before your queerness. And we need to fight together in this fight. And we, we cannot lose sight of what the prize is. You know, uh, we have um, our, our um, dear friend and mentor, Ruby, who is a director of Casa Ruby, who has been at our event speaking. She will be there tomorrow as well. Um, so we are out here fighting for all groups, you know, because it's time for us to come together as black people sure. and understand that whether you're black, gay, whether you're black, straight, whether you're rich or poor, when they see you, the first thing they see is your black skin. And, uh, you know, that's my um, take on that. You want to say something? I mean, I'm definitely with with y'all on that um, this time because a lot of times we feel like we have these uh, diaspora conflicts, which kind of makes us, you know, kind of separative. But, you know, as you mentioned, we are one, all of us at the end of the day, we are all black. <laughs> so it's, exactly. it's time for us to squash a lot of the separatist attitudes, you know, on on all sides and really come together because right now they're on all of our necks right now. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And something and something else, you know, I definitely want to talk about because I admire the work you guys, you know, you guys have been involved with and everything, you know, you've been doing. Now, how was it before before we get to some of the current things you guys are doing? Everyone, there's some exciting things happening uh, this upcoming weekend with the Dignity Project. And I'm going to let them share that in a few moments. But, you know, I also wanted to go back. How was it for you um, also when, you know, you well, of course, Crystal, when you were when you were running for office and how was and Cassie and how was that for you as being the partner? Like, did you guys face any threats or any, you know, any danger? Mm -hmm. like here in this majority black county because we all you know here is still a lot of classism it's a black and brown county but there's still plenty of classism issues um mm -hmm. a lot of conservatisms and everything so i you know i definitely understand um but how was that process for you when office i know you did run into a few of the you know people mentioning the values issues but were right. any any other issues any danger yeah, it was a lot of, I would say, what they call like shadow campaigning. Like, you know, no one wants to say it to your face, but it, it's a small circle. So like you mentioned earlier, um, a lot of people talking about the values or the whispers about, well, um, because I'm what some people call straight passing in the right. sense that uh, for those straight listeners, it's when if you looked at me you wouldn't assume i'm gay your first reaction is i'm straight and um 
so there was a lot of issues with those questions. Oh, is this your sister? Are these assumptions of that? Um, and I'll never forget though, I had a conversation with someone that was a supporter and we were having a lot of times when I'm running, if you're elected official, especially or a civic association leader, we would schedule these one-on-one -on -one meetings. Um, because you know, it's hard to do that with every single voter, but certain like high up community members, you want to make sure you have these one-on-one -on -one coffee chats. So I'm having a one-on-one -on -one coffee chat with a, uh, elected official. And we're talking, they had already decided to support me, but they said something. I can't remember what they said that triggered me realizing that they were conservative. And I thought to myself, they must not know I'm gay. Like I, and I'm having this inner conversation with myself in Starbucks. Like, what should I say? Cause I, I'm 90% sure that they don't know, and if they knew, they wouldn't support me. So they're saying they're spill, and after they're done, I stop and say, you know, I'm not sure if you know this, but, <laughs> you know, Cassie with the dress, and he's like, yeah, um, that's my wife. We're married. Yes, for real. And, yeah, and he said, he's shocked. I mean, he literally stops like, what? And I'm like, yeah, and I said, you, you said something that made me assume you didn't know this and that it would be a problem. So I want to make sure we're clear on this. And he just was like, I really don't know what to say. I mean, you could have not said anything. I said, I know I could have not said anything, but I'm not hiding it. I'm out. People know that I'm gay. And if you would have found out later on, you would have felt like I misled you or I'm mm -hmm. to be something I'm not. So I said, I'm trying to be very clear and upfront. And then he went on to say some of the most disgusting things that he thought were appropriate about like how women are made to be penetrated. He doesn't understand mm -hmm. this. Just like the, some of the most appalling things you could think to say come out of an elected official's mouth in Prince George's County in a Starbucks. Mm -hmm. And I just listen and I respond to some of the things. And I said, if you don't want to support me, that's fine. I just want to be honest. And I, after we have maybe another a total of an hour conversation, at the end, he's like, well, no, I still want to support you. I don't get it, but I like where you're standing, where your values are, and I'll put your yard sign up. And it was just, it was the most jarring conversation I've ever had because I felt two ways about it. I felt like disgusting that I had, that I felt like I had to sit there and allow this person to talk to me like that. Because when you're running for office, you put yourself in a vulnerable position right. where everyone feels that they can say anything and everything to you. And though I might want to cuss and scream and yell, I can't do that in the public place at a, um, at a Starbucks. Right. And then at the end of the day, I had to remind myself that if I'm elected, I represent him. He's a constituent. Mm -hmm. And that I'm having a conversation with the exact type of person that I'd represent. And that's what allowed me to sit through that. Because the point I realized is that if I'm elected, I represent homophobes and racists. And everyone that I disagree with, that we have nothing in common, but when I'm sitting in the seat, that's still my job to hear you and to be able to have the ability to listen to you and not be upset and hear your opinions. And so I felt like it was a real test of if I had that ability, and I feel like I do. Um, 
And then I think I only lost by 30 votes, which to me tells me that the the community is ready to have someone progressive and open and gay. That was not a mandate against me. That was just a bad day. Um, so I feel like the campaign I ran was able to open the doors for so many other um, gay, politically engaged people that want to run for office. Now I feel like they, they know that they can without that stigma. I mean, that's definitely i'm glad that you did touch on that because of course and this is a whole nother conversation for another episode but you know of course you know you have the femme dynamic like my my partner being femme presenting you know she mm -hmm. gets a lot of you know you don't just don't say anything you can get away with not saying anything no yeah. one knows, but it's like no you know I, she's like hey i know i live out so you know yeah i mean you so it's like on both ends whether you're more masculine presenting yeah you know, like cassie and like cassie and i or you mm -hmm. know like like you or you're more fem feminine presenting where you know you get the well why are you saying anything at all you know just you know tuck that all in in the closet you know and all that yeah that other bs so yeah so, yeah that's what I always say that i'm out because there's a distinction because i know personally a lot of people in prince George county that are not out um oh, yeah you know that you know, are still having you know living as a gay person but they make a conscious decision to not be out you know in in their office of power um and i make a clear distinction that i am out and i'm never um going in the closet so um for anyone or anything or any moment yeah because um <laughs> for me you know i am um, i could not um you know and this is not a knock on anyone but it would be very hard for me to have a relationship with someone that's gonna deny me in public. Right. I don't know if I could do that because if you are with, if to me, be bold, be proud, live your truth, be who you are. It don't matter what space you're in. And when you have that platform to say, listen, the stigma around the LGBTQ plus community is not what people think it is because a lot of time you see all these programs these commercials about lgbtq individuals it's always something has to do with hiv or aids or something like that it's never just ex it's never just expressing the right. beauty of the lgbtq community and when you have that platform use it embrace it mm -hmm. and be out and proud yeah and then i'll say this one last thing too i'll, I'll remember also when i first decided to run someone told me specifically just don't mention you're married. That exact like, they're like you're very straight passing. And so I was like, there's, I, I said, how could you imagine? Cause the person was married. I said, could you imagine your spouse pretending you didn't exist for a year, two, four, if they win the election, but you campaign for a minimum of a year. I said that that's so disrespectful. I couldn't even imagine doing that. And no one would put up with that. Um, and another thing for me is I, I try to be very specific about like who I am and my identity because I am an openly bisexual woman. And mm -hmm. another topic for another show um, is that 
bisexuals aren't even liked in the LGBTQ community. Um, oh, yes, and I will definitely have y'all back because we definitely got to, I know right now we're unpacking, but there's so many levels we got to continue to unpack, yeah. you know, so yeah. y'all will definitely can come back anytime because. Yeah, <laughs> and so that's another thing I make sure to say because there's a stigma that if you're bi, you're, you're promiscuous, you can't be monogamous or if you're bi, once you settle down, you have to pick the label. Or if you marry a man, you're straight now. If you marry a woman, you're a lesbian. Um, no, I'm still bi. Because that the that identity is not attached to a relationship. It's it's my orientation and my preference. Right. Um, so yeah. Right. Ooh, and like I said, that's definitely some other things that, you know, definitely have to, you know, get unpacked. And I definitely recommend for y'all to let everyone out there to tune in. And I'm going to have a link also that y'all can, you know, click on and I'll put the flyer up about their uh, being Black and LGBTQ in America. I'm definitely yeah. going to have that uh, up for y'all to tune in on the 26th. Um, because that that's definitely going to be hot. I'm going to be tuning into that as well. Some great people that they have on the panel. And one other thing I want to talk about. I want to see, I want us now to get into. You know, you you did touch on the the Dignity Project. Um, so how has that been? Like really creating that. Like I said, when I when someone told me about it, I was completely thrilled and um y'all this i'm going to let them explain more about you know about more things coming up with the dignity project how you can help how you can participate okay um so the the lgbtq dignity project is an organization that we focus on embracing the beauty of the lgbtq community especially black and brown people in the lgbtq community um so, so the work that we have been doing, we have been partnering with other organizations to help, you know, help the homeless LGBTQ youth. Um, last year, we partnered with Casa Ruby for the Thanksgiving. We cooked, um, helped them to get winter stuff for the homeless people, and now uh, you know we've been partners in partnership with them ever since. And um, another thing is that we worked with HRC to bring welcoming schools to Prince George's County. For yes. those that aren't familiar with that program. It's all about training and preparedness for teachers, counselors, custodial staff, bus drivers, bus drivers to the how do you interact with children? One, children that are LGBTQ children or their family are um, members of the community or raising children to be respectful of those that are different. And so when we see the rate of suicides with our young children and, and bullying is something that's so important and that's needed um, and honestly, every school, and specifically here in Prince George's County. So we worked and campaigned around that and got the pilot program passed here in Prince George's County for them to work with, um, starting with five schools to bring the Welcoming School Initiative here. Um, then we also worked on uh, a resolution for the school district to recognize Pride Month um, as a month to celebrate and specifically create space for young adults. Um, and so, yeah, we've been working on a lot of things in policy and advocacy. Um, and then we want our goal, our end goal is to create like an actual physical space here in Prince George's County, um, be it a shelter or a rec center or resource center that has all of the things that our young and older LGBTQ community need um, 
because we know there's a lot of young people that are getting kicked out of their homes and don't have anywhere to go um, after they come out. And we want to make sure that they have a space for that. Also, most of the shelters here in Prince George's County, we already don't have a lot of homeless shelters, but the shelters are not as accepting of trans men and women into their shelters. That's the issue right. that you see commonly. And so we want to make sure that that population has a place to stay and be safe. Um, so those are some of the things that we've been working on and and we're just trying to like grow our organization and create a space where people can feel free to to be themselves to elevate the things they're working on and then lastly we're about elevating businesses in our community um so we were planning on before covid um to launch an event at a local um restaurant that's owned by a lesbian couple so it's also about how do we right. connect each other to businesses and entrepreneurs in our community as well right and um so and um so for this weekend we have coming up we have our first ever pride motorcade here in prince george's county it's on june 27th it start we are asking people together at 12 we are leaving at 12.30 p.m. sharp, and the address that we're leaving from is 9801 Rhode Island Avenue in College Park, Maryland. That's 9801 Rhode Island Avenue in College Park, Maryland. And um, you, um, we're asking people to like decorate their cars, we could be with pride or with all black lives matter because we're doing this event we when we realized we still wanted to celebrate pride we also didn't want to be tone deaf in this moment this moment is really centered around the black community but we understand that there's a layer of that all black lives matter because a lot of the lgbtq lives in the black community have been forgotten and we felt like this was a perfect opportunity to have that conversation being Black and LGBTQ in America, and then representing the intersection of that during this motorcade. Right. And um, we, we have um, some partners with us. We have ULive, which is one of our partners, Trans, Trans Healthcare Maryland, Heart to Hand, and the Modern Foundation is one of our sponsors for and, the food drive. And then also we have um, Life After Release, right. which is partnering yes. with us as well. Um, so it's a lot of different organizations that, again, the some LGBTQ, some not. Um, so we're seeing partnerships across nonprofit organizations. Right. And um, if, if, if any of your listeners want to follow us, you can follow us on Facebook and um, Instagram at LGBTQ Dignity Project and on Twitter at Dignity underscore LGBTQ. You know, and everybody definitely get involved with this. I'm also going to have those links also below so you can follow them, get involved, come out there, you know, with everybody on Saturday and, and beyond. They are, Cassie and Crystal are doing wonderful work, wonderful collaborations, and just wonderful things I can't express enough, especially for Prince George's County, Maryland, and especially for our black and brown queer youth of this county to know that they're not alone. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. many people will tell me stories about things that were happening to their kids, you know, and, you know, in the schools here in the county. So it's, I definitely, my, my heart, you know, goes out. And of course, I'm available. Everyone should be available, you know, for this. And to any black and brown or any queer youth in the county know that you're not alone and you always have people to reach out to and people that mm -hmm. will have your back.
Sure, sure. Okay, and was there anything else, Cassie and Crystal, that y'all would like to uh, add? Anything else you have? Any messages you have for anyone or anything else you'd like to say? I just want to say that um, now is an opportunity in our country where a lot of people are waking up to the injustices that are, are happening to the Black community. And I know that's going to spill into all the injustices that so many different groups face. And so I'm just asking people to take this opportunity to unite and work together. Um, we are doing actions every single month around Black Lives Matter. Yes. Mara will be in Fairmont Heights, shedding light specifically on the brutality that Black women face. Um, at the hands of police, focusing on the woman that was actually raped by an officer in Fairmont Heights. Um, and the, they were accused years ago of also human trafficking. So there's so much going on in so many communities around this country. And so I just ask people that be an activist in your own backyard. Um, there's no one way or right, right way right. to be an activist. Just get involved. Right. Y'all yeah. heard it. Y'all heard it from them. You heard it from them. You know, even I know a lot of people think they have to be in the street or they have mm -hmm. to, you know, always do. But even if you can't like I'm going to be honest, like this whole time for real, I've been immunocompromised. So I mm -hmm. pretty much my out I've only been outside really just for essentials. Um, and just trying to get myself back out there, but I've been doing everything I could, you know, from my home and, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, don't, whatever I can, you know, do. So everyone, even if you feel like you can't be out there, like really put, you can always participate in an action in whatever way you can. Yeah. Right. Because on Friday night, we will have our virtual town hall, which features being black and LGBTQ lgbtq plus in america that starts at 6 p.m if you tune into the lgbtq i'm sorry 7 p.m if you tune into the lgbtq page you will see the information on how to all to join that event um it's gonna be we're gonna have a very diverse panel of um you know lesbian transgender gay men and um so it's gonna be a very diverse group it's gonna be hosted by our very Crystal Loretta, the co-founder co of the LGBTQ Dignity Project. And, um, you know, this is my last point. I don't want to hold you up. Um, so the, the rally that we're having tomorrow is going to be in Fairmont Heights, which is also that area where Zoe Spears and Ashanti Cameron, two transgender women, were killed last year, a year ago. It's pretty much a year ago. It, yes, today what marks one year we were there doing uh, um, visual. a visual for one of these transgender women that was killed. So it's, tomorrow's gonna be a very important day for the, for the LGBTQ plus community as well at this rally. Definitely, definitely. And everyone, I will have the flyers um, on, you know, in the links where you guys can also, you know, continue to view this information and participate however you, you can. Um, I wanted to take a moment and just thank you, Cassie, and thank you, Crystal, for the work you're doing throughout the county, for people, and throughout the country, really. Y'all are also a piece of fabric that's contributing to the LGBTQ, Black and LGBTQ movement, especially just you know, throughout America and throughout the world as well. And especially here again for the county and for uh, building the LGBTQ Dignity Project. 
Um, I'm definitely looking forward to having y'all on again sometime and being involved myself. This is incredible work and you need everyone, you know, involved to help you guys in any way possible. And everyone, the, this is also what I mean by being a beacon. They have went through their trials. You've heard their story. They've went through their trials, but they are turning those trials into triumph. They are being beacons, not only in their own lives, but for millions of people millions of people. So that's why I said, everyone, it just starts with one action, even if it's just signing a petition online, whatever you can do, continue to shine your light however you can. Be beacons for yourselves and be beacons in your community. Until next time, everybody, y'all continue to stay hydrated, continue to do what you need to do, rest, take it easy, and this will be up, this episode will be up very soon, and I'll see you soon. Take care, everybody. Okay, thank you.